Hello and welcome to the Telehealth OT podcast where occupational therapists, parents, caregivers, and patients share their telehealth stories. My name is Dr. Reina Oliveira and I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services where we specialize in working with children with autism and also provide education and trainings to occupational therapists about telehealth. I have been able to share my story with the world and now I am extremely happy to give others the opportunity to do the same. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. I'm excited to have Mike Jankowski here with us today. We will jump right in. Mike, tell us, what's your OT story? How did you first learn about occupational therapy? That's a really good question. Uh, I'm excited to be here and yeah, excited to be the the first episode of 2021. Uh, Google. Google kind of taught me about OTs. So uh, my mom is a physical therapist. She's retired now and my dad was an engineer. And so Kind of growing up with both of them, I, I definitely loved hearing about what my mom did at work, but I loved hearing about what my dad did at work too. So I went back and forth in high school as to what degree I wanted to go down. Did I want to go down more the, the healthcare route or more the technology and the engineering aspect? And I realized I wanted to go further down the healthcare route. And so I was actually going back and forth between physical therapy and counseling for a while. And I spent time observing both of those professions and I really uh, enjoyed what I saw. And it was interesting, like I just kind of curiosity, I was looking, looking up schools for physical therapy for counseling and I saw occupational therapy come up. I said, what, what is that? What the heck is that? So I, I checked it out and I learned more about it and I, I fell in love with the profession. The, the way that we um, have the holistic approach, the mind, body and spirit, I think is really special and really unique to us as OT practitioners. So that led to me shadowing uh, some occupational therapist in a hospital setting in a skilled nursing setting. And I really fell in love with that. And so I graduated college, I'm sorry, graduated high school. And I was really fortunate because I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I applied to OT programs and the program I was accepted into was a five-year master's. So I knew going into it, I wanted to be an OT. And so I was able to get my bachelor's degree in four years and then uh, school over those summers and, and get my master's in five, which really excited about. That's awesome. So you're in the, I always like to separate people into two groups, like the group that knew exactly what they were doing. And then that kind of like switch careers. So yeah. 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 And again, I feel fortunate for that too. Just, uh, I attribute it to just doing a lot of, uh, a lot of background research and doing a lot of observer uh, observation, and then just taking time to kind of get to know myself too. And like, we're, what do I really think is sustainable? What do I really think is something that I would enjoy doing for uh, uh, a while? Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up like sustainability in our career because I'm on a lot of like the Facebook groups and there's some people that are like, well, the new people are like, should I go into this? Is it worth it? And then some of the people that have been doing it for years are like screaming, don't do it. And I'm screaming like, yes, do it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point, and and it's something I've actually talked to coworkers about. I think that burnout is very real in our field, and I think it's it's not something we need to be afraid of, though. And I think it's something we need to talk about. Just like uh, there's a lot of advocacy now to talk about mental health issues. I think that in the school setting, burnout should be talked about, so that when people do experience burnout, not if, but when, they don't feel that they're a failure, they don't feel like they're a bad therapist, and they don't feel that their career is over. Because I've to me, it just kind of, it, for my, I can only speak for my program, but for my program, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but it was just very much the elephant in the room 
Like it would come up occasionally, but no one really went into it. And I think as students, we would have really benefited from professors saying that this is why I got burned out in my career. And this is why I switched to academia. This is why I switched to pediatrics. I think that would have been really beneficial to know because I've talked to practitioners who get burned out and they're like, my career is over. And I mm-hmm. invested so much time and energy in this career path. And I, I love it, but my career is o- over. I just can't do this full time. So I, I think that's a talk that very much has to happen. Yeah, I agree. I don't remember talking much about burnout specifically in my program, but I do remember that the professors always, when we asked them, like, what was their experience? They always had like a job every year and always switch yeah. settings. And I was like, is this okay? Like coming yeah. from, you know, other jobs that I had in the past, like you didn't want your resume to read like year one, year two, year three, you wanted to stay in a company for a while so that, you know, they like were able to rely on you and not say, oh, she's just going to leave on to the next job. But in Definitely. OT, everyone switches jobs, like they switch underwear. I don't know. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> all the time. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, and, it's and, a perk, but but I think it does stem from getting burned out in what we do. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the, we're kind of in a unique setting being that we are a younger profession. I mean, we're mm-hmm. younger compared to physical therapy, mental therapy, modern medicine. We're still figuring out what we're capable of. And mm-hmm. so we're still figuring out what can we do and what is a traditional role, but what's a non-traditional role too uh, that we right. can do as well. And I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I, that's a great segue into telehealth, which is yeah. what this podcast is all about. So when did you first get involved with telehealth? Yeah, that's a really good question. So it was in the pediatric setting. So I started, I graduated from occupational therapy school in 2011. I was pretty set that I wanted to be a hand therapist and sit for that exam. So I started working in skilled nursing and I was going, I was spending my time when I wasn't doing that, kind of studying for the exam, looking more into it. And just as luck would have it, I was having lunch with a coworker one day. She was a speech therapist and we were just catching up and I asked her what she did the weekend and she said, oh, I have a friend who's an OT that's opening a pediatric OT clinic. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, tell me more. And she's like, well, yeah, she's been a pediatric OT for a couple of years and she was doing home visits. She was doing visits in the park and she finally kind of bootstrapped and scraped up enough money to lease a small office complex and she's making a sensory gym. And my ears were just perking up. And so I reached out to that OT. That was in 2014. Um, and I shadowed and I'll never forget, I, I observed her teaching a seven-year-old how to do shoe tying. And she was singing, she was dancing, she was doing therapeutic use of self, she was providing sensory inputs. And I was like, this is awesome. And so right there, I'm like, I, I loved what I was learning about hand therapy. And that's still very fascinating to me. But I think this is what I meant to do as an OT as a pediatric OT. So 2014, I made that shift. And moving forward, all my continuing education, all my time was to learn everything I could about pediatric occupational therapy. And then as time went on, I really took a big interest into working with children and adults in the autism community and just how I can best support them, uh, be it a sensory approach, be it a floor time approach, uh, be it teletherapy. And so that's kind of where I went on my OT journey. But to get back to your question in telehealth, it was interesting and, and I'll kind of touch on this a little bit too, but a really uh, something that I've been really fortunate from is all the pediatric clinics I worked at were all in various parts of the startup phase. So the first mm-hmm. pediatric clinic I worked at was six months into the startup phase. The second pediatric clinic I worked at was about 18 months in the startup phase. And then the pediatric clinic I was working at before I started at Simple Practice, 
uh, I kind of, not physically, but I helped build that occupational therapy department from the ground up. We were approached by some investors. We want to provide this resource to the community. Will you lead staff, develop an occupational therapy program? And so I got to build that from the ground up. But being around these startups, you kind of learn to piece things together. So the first telehealth, uh, if you were, was was Zoom or it was, no, it was doxy.me was what we were using because that was free and HIPAA compliant. And yep. I was working with this practice owner. She wanted to offer it. Um, she had to bootstrap it though. She had to keep costs low. And so we looked at free options and and how we did it. And that was back in 2014. So, I mean, the, the tech, not, I mean, the technology was there, but it wasn't developed as much as it is now. Uh, even things right. like a stable internet connection were a little bit more spotty, but we, we did our best to make it work. And they were dropped calls. They were frustrated sessions. They were laggy sessions, but we just kind of kept uh, doing whatever we could to advance that and uh, move forward with it. That's awesome. I remember when I first learned about telehealth and I remember learning about um, Doxy.me and hearing from whoever was representing the company at a conference that I was at that they said that they would always like maintain a free level. Um, and that still stands true, true today, like almost yeah. what, five, five years later. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people ask me about doxy.me. Um, and I think it's a great option for those who are trying to bootstrap it and just get started initially, um, you know, and then move forward as they grow. Yeah. So, Anyway, today we are not here to talk about Doxy.me. We are here to talk about simple practice, which I absolutely love. If my listeners haven't heard before, um, I have been talking about simple practice in all the forums way before I was an affiliate. And now I'm an affiliate and a partner and luckily got to connect with you. And you are officially employed with simple practice, which is yes. what I'm doing. So tell us what is your title there and what are your roles and responsibilities? Yeah, that's a really great question. So yeah, starting in October of 2020, um, I became an employee of Simple Practice, which I am absolutely thankful and, and love being a part of. And my official title is I am their occupational therapy clinical specialist. So Simple Practice, as they grow as a company, has a commitment to occupational therapists. And I'm working with Simple Practice to help grow their uh, occupational therapy community and to help them continue to make, create, and provide occupational therapy resources. And so simple practice can be the preferred EMR for occupational therapists. So I'm, I'm really passionate about bringing, I, the one thing I really love about simple practice is their values align with my values. And that is, uh, that revolves around empowering others so they can help those in their local community. And so I feel so honored and thankful to be a part of such a great company, but it's awesome to develop that occupational therapy side because we want to empower occupational therapists so they can do telehealth. We want to empower occupational therapists so they can run their own clinic, uh, like physical clinic, if they want to do that. And we want to give them the, those tools and resources so they can make that happen. And my experience working with startups, my experience working with multiple EMRs, uh, gives me kind of knowledge and background about what works and what does not work for occupational therapists. So mm -hmm. I'm in a really unique position where I get to work with simple practice and make sure that the occupational therapy community um, are, are getting the skills and tools and resources they need. I absolutely love that. I think that, you know, I know their history. I know they started from mental health and a lot of people ask that and we're kind of like drawn away from it because it wasn't really OT friendly. And so I'm super excited that you're on board and this year's focus is all about OT. 
Um, I'm excited to be working on a bunch of projects as well yeah. alongside you. And I can't wait to watch it grow and be able to promote it even more. So for our community, because like you said, like their values to me is what stood out. And a lot of people ask me like, oh, why did you pick simple practice? And to me, it was like the customer service. And that's what I value in a company. Like I have yeah. a remote retail experience. And to us, like in one of the stores that I worked at, the customer was always right, even if they were wrong we just did yeah. whatever we had to to please them if they ever had to call corporate they would automatically get like a 25 dollar gift card and so to me customer service is like up here and yeah. so when i saw that simple practice like really acknowledged like their forum where the consumer was saying hey we need we want this we want that and to watch them grow and add features and just like continue to expand based on our feedback is just like to me a great like a great feature in a company and something that i really value so it, li it lines up as well for me definitely and it, it's just awesome to see everyone in that company is aligns with those values which is so awesome to see from the the executives from the owners from the founders to the engineers on the technical side to the customer support team to people in roles such as myself and so we're all aligned on that value and, and that's what keeps moving us forward in that we want to enable and we want to allow practitioners to enable and help people in their community we want to give them the tools so they can help those in their community and we want to make sure that we provide a, a solid platform that allows them to do telehealth, allows them to collect payments, allows them to bill insurance, take their notes and do it in a simple way, uh, truly living up to the the simple in practice, uh, simple and in, in simple practice, truly living up to that simple, simple. Aspect. Yeah, I say that all the time. I'm like, they really live to their name, like being a techie like I am, I'm you know, I'm super into like, I can't, I should have just probably been like a software developer or something, but I know nothing about software development, but I know about like, user like a user friendliness of software and i have trialed many platforms especially now after covid so many people have asked me to look at their platforms and if it's not smooth and simple and easy to understand then i'm like ah oh, like i don't really i can't you know i can't support you and simple practice does live to their name of simplicity and just streamlining everything um, so yeah, I'm, I agree a hundred percent. And that was, again, like I said before, I became an affiliate. Yeah, no. And, and the, the thing I really love about them too, is being involved with startups. I had trialed a bunch of different EMRs. I had to, to trial an e, to get a demo of a product. A lot of time I had to call and I was talking to a salesperson and they were doing a zoom screen share and showing me the software. And I, I appreciated them taking the time to do that, but it's like, I want to get in there. I want to try it. And Simple Practice offers that. You go to their website, simplepractice.com. You get a free 30-day trial. You don't have to put in your credit card information simply. And that gives you the full features so you can try it out and, and make sure it's a good fit for you and your practice and, and your customers and who you're working with. And I, I really love that transparency as well. Uh, they're not hiding something behind a, a shadow or you have to call to access. No, go to the website, sign up for a free trial. I encourage everyone listening, go to simplepractice.com, sign up for that free, free 30 day trial and try it and, and see what it, fe see what features it offers. And if you have questions, reach out to Raina, reach out to me. We would be happy to, to get you through them, but we want to make sure it's a good fit for you. We're not, we're not trying to uh, we're, we're, yeah, we want to make sure it's a good fit. We're not going to just kind of force something on someone. We, we're we're going to make sure it's a good fit for them. 
I'm going to interrupt Mike here for a moment just to tell all my listeners that Simple Practice has extended a special offer just for my listeners. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes down below. If you're interested in signing up for Simple Practice, you will still get the awesome 30-day free trial that Mike was talking about, but you will also get two months for the price of one. That offer does not exist anywhere else unless you use my link down below. So take a look at the show notes, sign up for your free chat today and get this amazing offer from Simple Practice. And now back to the show. Yeah, I highlight that feature as well when I'm talking to OTs about choosing a platform is like some platforms don't have a a trial and Simple Practice does have a free trial. I actually ended up supporting I mean, not as as much, but like lightly supporting a platform who I just saw, like you said, a demo of the owner going through it and I didn't actually get to use it. And I don't want to, I'm not going to say any names or anything, but that ended up being like a really bad situation where somebody that ended up trialing it got like burned and, you know, a lot of financial loss and almost a legal dispute. And so I, again, it's like small things. It's like, you know, when you really take care of your people and really give them and go that extra mile, it's so apparent and something that I, that I really, really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. 110%. So let's touch on, um, one of our last two questions. And this is about, we could have, I guess, talked about this in the beginning when we talked about burnout. A lot of OTs are really looking for alternative careers within our field, but something different, and they want to get out of the clinical world. So I want to hear really your story about how you got this amazing position at Simple Practice. Yeah, that's a really great question. And I I have a lot of people to thank for kind of getting me this far, and a lot of people I will thank. That's a really great question. But it all started... I was on a community. I'm an AOTA member. I was on the community forums and someone posted a question along the lines, Hey, with our unique skill set as OTs, we could be a big asset for EMR companies. We could be a big asset for some tech companies as well. And someone had responded to that thread. And I actually, she had, I'm blanking on her name. She has spoken at AOTA about her experience, but she got a job working for Microsoft as an OT and particularly for adapting Xbox controllers for people who wanted to play Xbox, but maybe they had decreased sensation in their hands. Maybe they had amputations. Um, Maybe they had uh, their reaction time was a little delayed and she had worked with Microsoft to make it so those people could still enjoy gaming and those, those people could, uh, so Microsoft could design peripherals so people could still use those even if they, uh, hadn't had any impairments like that. And, and I thought that was so fascinating. And I just followed this thread on community and more and more people were talking about, oh, I did some consulting for this EMR company, or I did some consulting for this insurance company about their user face. And so I just kept following this thread. And then eventually uh, her name is Julie Malloy. She works for AOTA. She had posted and she said, Hey, I work for AOTA, but I had been I had worked with EMR companies. I've worked with temp companies before. So I, I simply reached out to her. I sent her a message and I talked to her and I kind of got her experience. And she really encouraged me uh, to just reach out, to, to look for options in there that are there. And even if you don't see on the company that you would love to work for, even if you don't see your job offer, offer still reaching out to them, still having an updated resume and cover letter and reaching out and just trying to make that initial connection. And 
So I really, I, that whole thread, uh, I, I bookmarked it and I just, just screenshotted it for nostalgia's sake because it, it really <laughs> changed my thinking. And it, because it, I, in occupational therapy school that we discussed the non-traditional roles, we discussed people focusing in women's health, focusing really in community health, focusing in work rehabilitation, focusing on the online space. But it was kind of like we discussed it for half an hour, then we moved on. We didn't really talk about the steps to get there. And everything was focused around these traditional roles, working in a hospital setting, working in a school setting, working in uh, yeah, a community setting, uh, an outpatient setting. And so just to see people that were doing this and were having success really just inspired me to get out there. And so I had uh, looked around and I, I had come across Simple Practice and again, was just really blown away by their 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 goals and values and kind of their company mission and it very much aligned with me and I said this is this is a company that I would just love to be a part with so I sent a cold email I sent info at simple practice or careers at simple practice one of those and I yeah. I said here's my resume here's my cover letter but I kind of outlined in that email here's the unique skills that I, I have that I think would really be a benefit to simple practice and I outlined my years as an OT um, I just hit my 10-year anniversary as an OT so I, I thank you so much so I talked about that and also just working with startups gave me a really unique perspective being that I had worked with startup and they were physical clinics um, in the pediatric space really gave me a unique perspective to the back end of things as well. Mm-hmm. I was learning, I've had some great mentors in the OT field who have taught me about DII floor time, sensory integration, um, working with children and working with the pediatric population. But I've also had some great mentors on the business end too. Uh, just overviews of marketing, working with insurance, dealing with claims, dealing with denials, deal, dealing with EOBs, uh, how to maintain relationships with referral sources in the community. And so that gave me a really unique perspective. And then on top of that too, I've used a total of about seven different EMRs and all three of those clinics, I was, in, I was a part of a team that was kind of in charge of choosing the EMR for that clinic. So I got to trial a bunch of different EMRs and have candid talks with clinic owners and with other therapists. What do we really like about this? What do we not like about this? Can we make this work knowing that it doesn't have every feature we have? We need to pass or we need, or yes, we can make this one work. So that kind of gave me a unique skill set. So really just emphasizing uh, emphasizing that in my resume and cover letter and just really getting that connection too. Um, and, and just, just, just being very polite, but just say, just sending out these cold emails and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of talking about the elephant in the room, like, Hey, I know there isn't a position that you have listed. I, I know there isn't a position that you've listed that kind of meets my qualifications, or I know you may not be the most familiar with occupational therapy, but here is the unique skill set I has, have as an OT that could help me and could really, uh, really help your organization. I love that. I love that. And I don't think enough people put themselves out there like that. And I will tell you real quick, my story and how I got connected with Simple Practice. I was part of a business program where I learned more about what affiliate, what what being an affiliate for a company is. And I think some people have read blogs and say like, this is an affiliate link. Like I get a commission, but um, you know, they, in the business program, we were encouraged to reach out to a company that we love and ask if they had an affiliate program. And we're told if a company doesn't have an affiliate program, like they should, most should. And if they don't, they can add it. 
And I was like, all right, like I really love simple practice. I'm always talking about it anyway. So let me email them. And it was similar to what you're saying. Like, I was just like, Hey, I really love your um, company. I'm always promoting it. Do you have an affiliate program? And little did I know that that me putting myself out there like real quick, you know, was going to lead to an email back saying, actually, we want to talk to you more about an affiliate. We want to do a consultation for occupational therapy and other projects. And so that's where my relationships stem from. But the point of, of me saying this is like you putting yourself out there and taking a risk. And yeah. I think the, the fear is like being rejected. Like totally. nobody wants to be like, oh no, like we don't need you. And just being able to show what your what our worth is and that's something that i think ot's really struggle with in general um so you've provided a great example of you know how to do that no i i appreciate that and and yeah it's it's interesting you bring out we struggle with that as ot's because i definitely resonate with that i i kind of attribute it to being that we have a little bit of imposter syndrome being that our professions aren't haven't been around as long as other professions and people hear physical therapy okay, they help people with their physical ailments, speech, help people with their talk. What the heck is OT though? I get that question a lot. And so I think part of it stems from that. And and I know for me in my occupational therapy program, I was really, it was kind of really uh, brought home and just really in, reinforced on day one of OT 101 that you got to promote the profession at all times. And I think that's extremely important. But when you get to this phase I had to do a cognitive shift. It's like, yes, I'm still happy to be an OT, but I need to promote myself too. I'm switching from just promoting the profession to like promoting Mike, to promoting Mike Jankowski. And here's his background. Here's his experience. So I know for me personally, it, it, it took a little bit of a shift mentally I had to go through and I can add some great people to talk to in that process. But yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it comes back to taking risks and, and that fear of rejection. I definitely felt that, but I, mm-hmm. I realized too, like, if I kind of didn't move forward because of that fear of rejection, I was going to stay in the same place I was. There wasn't going right. to be a chance to me to move forward. And I, I think it, it's just, it's just being, being with that. And, and even if you reach out to someone, no, we're not interested, like, no, uh, no, we're not interested or, or no, we can't help you at this time. Like that's, that's not, it, it may not be, it, it's frustrating. It can be frustrating at the time, but that, that can actually be a blessing too, because you made that connection. You've made right. that connection with someone. And so someone knows who your name is. So if your resume pops up again, like they connected with you and they could hear the passion in your voice when you talked to them in the, on the phone, they could hear how uh, excited you were at the prospects of, of working with their organization. So even making those connections, even reaching out to an HR, hey, I know you don't have anything um, lined up that would kind of match my qualifications, but could I talk to you for five minutes? I would just love to learn more about your company. I would love uh, for you to get to know a little bit, a uh, little bit about me. I, I think uh, recruiters are really going to respond well to that because uh, from, I, I, I haven't been a recruiter, but from the recruiters I've talked to, it's they get that stack of resumes. And so right. adding that personal connection to it, like, oh, I see Raina's name. I see her qualifications, but I also talked to her on the phone and she was really cool when I talked to her on the phone. Like that's going to that's going to make that connection for that recruiter, which is going to help you further along in that process. Yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Um, I always, I learned to take no as a no, not right now. And that kind of like softens it. Yeah. And then the other thing you touched on is really, you're right. Like I've been on the back end of hiring and there is so many resumes. And if someone doesn't stick out, 
you know, you're just shuffling through papers. You need something to like make that person stick out in order for you to want to reach out to them. And so that's what people need to do in all areas of employment. Um, yeah, you have to set yourself apart. I remember learning from a friend in high school. She was like, you don't just submit your application, your resume. You have to call them. You have to call them and follow up. Totally. Yeah. So any other words of wisdom for OTs looking to get out of the clinical world and go into something completely different? Take risks. I, I think I was doing some reflection the other day and I just realized like so many so many aspects where I've grown in my OT career uh, are a result of me taking risks. And it's scary to do that, but reaching out to Simple Practice, uh, uh, looking for a a job with an organization like Simple Practice, that was a risk for me, but it was something I did. Kind of giving up on my dreams of being a hand therapist and going headfirst into pediatrics, that was a risk. risk. I'm from the East Coast originally, but as soon as I graduated from OT school. I moved across the country, not knowing anyone, simply talking to a recruiter, getting a job lined up. That was a risk risk as well. And being approached and saying, hey, I know you've been in leadership roles before, but do you want to be the head OT for this OT, for this outpatient clinic that we're going to build? That was taking a risk as well. So I would not have made the advances I have kind of personally and professionally if I didn't take risks. So I would really just encourage uh, do that. And, and I've taken other risks too that haven't panned out. I mean, I, I don't want to focus on those. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> dig up that stuff, but not every risk I take has planned it panned out the way I wanted it to. But um, I, I wouldn't be where I am in my OT career. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am in just my personal development as well if I didn't take risks. So really just encourage people to do that. And it, and it can be as small as, you know what, I'm going to sit with today the possibility that maybe I'm feeling a little burned out and I want to look for another avenue to work in. Like maybe that's your big risk for the day. And that's awesome. Like do, mm-hmm. do what's appropriate for you. Maybe you're hearing this and yeah, I'm going to reach out to these companies, send them out my resume tonight. Awesome. But if it's just, no, I'm going to start to entertain the thought that maybe I'm feeling a little burned out and there's other options for me. That's awesome. What, whatever you can do to kind of take risks, that's going to, that's going to help you grow. I love that. What a great way to finish off this episode. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being on here. I really look forward to working with you in Simple Practice and seeing what this year holds for us and the company. So thanks again, Mike. Yeah, I've truly enjoyed this as well, Raina. And uh, yeah, ditto to what you say. I'm really looking forward to continuing to work together as well. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thanks. If you're an occupational therapist and you want to know more about telehealth, be sure to join the Telehealth OT Facebook group for more information. I'll catch you on the next episode.